Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. There's this guy, he's driving down the road, he's got 17 penguins in the back of his car. This cop sees him, the cop stops him, he's like, I don't know what's going on here, but you gotta take these penguins to the zoo. And the guy says, okay. Next day, same guy's driving, he's got the same 17 penguins in the back of his car. Same cop is in the speed trap, he stops him again. He says, look man, I stopped you yesterday. I told you to take these penguins to the zoo. Guy's like, I took them to the zoo, today we're going to the beach. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. I'm Rico Galliano. And from 89.3 KPCC in Los Angeles, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that gives you talking points and bon mots to help you win your next dinner party. This week's icebreaker came from our guest of honor, Ezra Feinberg of the eight-piece psych rock band Cite. We'll be speaking with him later. But first, as with any dinner party, we start off with small talk. You're going to be talking about the week's news at this weekend's party. Who better to tell you which news is worth bringing up than the people who report it? So we spoke with our colleagues at American Public Media. Tess Vigland, host of Marketplace Money, occasional host of Marketplace. What story crossed your desk this week you got to talk about this weekend? Well, at the very least, my husband and I will be talking about the study that came out from Swedish researchers saying that there are some instances in which infidelity could be caused by genes and not the denim kind. So just people are being naturally inclined to cheat? Yes, they say there is something in your brain that could potentially at birth cause you to cheat. I'm not going to imply anything, but is there a reason why you're going to be checking this out with your husband? I just want to make sure that he knows that that will never be an excuse. (laughs) And I have to say it's really too bad the study didn't come out earlier, so David Duchovny could have used it instead of falling back on the old sex addiction. John Moe, you're the host of Weekend America. What story are you going to be talking about? I've been following the Levi Johnston story. Levi Johnston is the soon-to-be husband of Sarah Palin's daughter, Bristol. Yes. You know, his name came out at some point this week, and then his MySpace page was revealed where he described himself as an effing redneck and that uh, he don't want kids. And they had a picture of him with the kind of post-mullet do. And uh, at the convention, he got dressed up and he got cleaned up. I think they they must have showed up at his house in SUVs saying, Levi Johnson, you know your girlfriend's mom? Um, Something's happened. (laughs) Turns out you're getting married. We're going to the Anchorage Men's Warehouse and then we're stopping at Supercuts. Then you're getting on an airplane. What'll happen when I land? Do I need to rent a car? No, John McCain will be there to hug you. Lisa Tucker, senior editor at Marketplace. What's the story of the week for you? Well, you know, what really got me is that the unemployment rate just jumped up to 6.1%, and that's really lousy. And it's actually worse than it seems, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody thought it was all about, you know, construction and housing with a mortgage meltdown. But really, it's spreading into manufacturing, retail, professional and business services. Right, podcasts. Well, I'd say if you're a low-skilled worker in a high-paid job, you're lucky and you, you should really just sit tight. Hey, who you calling highly paid? And now, time for cocktails. This is where we tell you something that happened this week in history, and afterwards we give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's our history lesson with booze. First, the history. This week, back in 1666, that's 1666, 100,000 people lost their homes in the Great Fire of London. Now, most of the folks at your dinner party will have heard of London and that there was a big fire there one time. Our friend Michelle Philippi tells us a few things they won't know. Here's how not to prevent one of the worst fires in history. 
First, build a city out of oak timber. Crowd all the houses together. Now weatherproof them with flammable tar. And make sure your fire department consists of a bunch of civilians with buckets. Presto, a disaster waiting to happen. The fire began when the king's baker went to sleep with his oven on. It wouldn't have been so bad if he didn't live next to horse stables full of straw. And if the stables weren't right next to warehouses full of lamp oil, but they were. Three days later, most of the city had burned. The flames could be seen 30 miles away. Only 16 people died in the fire. No one knows how many died in the lynchings. Panicked Londoners figured foreigners had started the blaze. In fact, on the monument commemorating the fire, an inscription blamed the whole thing on Jesuit priests. Meanwhile, London was rebuilt. This time, instead of oak, they went with slightly less flammable bricks. But it was decades before they deployed full-time fire stations. And it wasn't until 1986 that London's bakers officially apologized for how one of their own, you know, burn the city down and stuff. So that's the history. Now for the drink to serve along with it. On the line is Reza Ismaili. He is speaking to me from behind the bar at the very sleekly designed Conduit Restaurant in San Francisco, another city that has seen its share of ginormous fires, I should add. So, Reza, what cocktail does the Fire of London inspire you to make? It's a drink called the Blue Blazer, a highly difficult cocktail to prepare. There are a few people in the world, literally, that do it on a regular basis. It requires super high alcohol scotch and a lot of flame. Do you do it? I do not. I've attempted it, and I will probably pick it up. But right now, our goal is to you know, work efficiently and safely. And a flaming, high-octane spirit behind the bar just doesn't really seem to work in a restaurant setting. All right. So for those of us who are willing to cause yet another fire of London, how does one make this drink? It requires cast-strength single malt whiskey, which has much higher proof, and one part water, and just a little bit of demerara. What is demerara? Uh, a raw brown sugar from French Guiana. All right, I guess I'm less worried about where I'm going to find that than I am about protecting myself. What do you use to make a flaming drink? Silver-plated or pewter cups with handles on them, like an old-fashioned beer mug style. In one of them, you would put just a little bit of the sweetened water and sugar solution. And in the other one would be the whiskey and the scalding hot boiling water. So it's already dangerous. Yes, precisely. Do I add a match at this point? Yeah, we would ignite the liquid, mixing back and forth from one cup into the other, creating a rainbow of scotch fire. Do you then serve it on fire? Uh, scalding hot, but with the flame out. So my lips don't melt off. Yes. Because it's hard to enjoy further drinks without lips. It would be your last cocktail for life. If you manage to mix a blue blazer without killing yourself, we definitely want to hear about that. Our email is dinnerparty at kpcc.org. Our guest of honor this week is Ezra Feinberg, the man behind the band Cite. They're on tour right now. You can catch them this weekend at the Cracker Campout in the Mojave Desert, if you happen to be in the Mojave Desert. And Ezra, I'm going to let you describe what the band sounds like. Well, when I'm describing it to people who don't know me, I describe it as a cross between the Joan Baez version of Diamonds and Rust. They bring diamonds and rust. 
and the Judas Priest version of Diamonds and Rust. But it's important to point out that music of Sitte sounds nothing like Joan Baez or Judas Priest. Well, Ezra, welcome to the Dinner Party Download. As you know, we only ask two questions of our guests here. First, what is the one question interviewers always ask you, the one you're kind of sick of? People always ask me about the music of Cite and smoking pot. I, I wonder why they would do that. <laughs> But there is always a little bit of an irony when people say Cite is really great to get high to because it was written in an extremely sober and kind of disciplined way. Okay, so we've established that you're not a stoner. <laughs> Instead, you're the leader of a pretty bitching eight-piece band. Tell us something we don't know. I don't know. This may really turn people off but I'll say it anyway. Recently, I got a phone call that Dow Chemical was interested in using a Cite song in a Dow Chemical television commercial. And if it was chosen, then I would get $65,000. And they were wondering, would, would that be okay? They were wondering, because there's a kind of, there's still a taboo out there maybe of doing this. Yeah, there are plenty of musicians who are proud to say that they've turned down that kind of money. I'm not gonna be one of those musicians um, because I said yes. And a month later, I found out that it didn't happen. The point is, that money, I think, it would have afforded me further opportunity for the band. And that's really important. And a vacation with your girlfriend in Hawaii. I did tell the girl that I'm dating that if I got it, we would go to Hawaii. <laughs> Suffice to say, we're not going to Hawaii. We've got a live Cite track on our website. Head to kpcc.org and click off ramp. So that's our guest of honor for this week, and that just leaves us with the main course, the part of the show where we learn about food. Yes, so Brendan, you covered the Republican National Convention earlier this week for another show. True. Specifically the late-night convention parties, so I know coffee was your friend. Amen. Well, your coffee would have been friendlier if it had been made by Kyle Glanville. He is the best coffee maker in the country. In fact, this summer he won the National Barista Championships. A fact which led me to ask him the other day, what the hell goes down at a barista championship? The format itself is you have 15 minutes to serve four judges, each one espresso, one cappuccino, and one signature beverage. Everything you do lands on your score sheet. If you like wipe your nose or cough or if you set a tablecloth down and there's like a wrinkle, then that's something that will go on your score sheet. They're that retentive about it? Like seriously, if there's one wrinkle you're gonna get a point on? Well, it's not that the judges are that retentive, but it's just that it's that competitive. At the World Championships, you placed eighth, is my understanding, right? Yeah, eighth. What was, you know, the fatal flaw? I was, like, much too conservative, and the guy who won, uh, who's actually a friend of mine from Ireland, he kicked so much ass. What, what did he do? Well, and this is going to sound like nothing, but to us it was like, whoa, because every nuance is so huge. But he actually, like, didn't say anything about his coffee. He just presented it and then walked away and then totally cranked up his music he like wasn't what, there's a music selection yeah you you pick your soundtrack as well and his was totally thumping you know the dude who got fourth in the u.s this year was like bumping the most gangsta rap music ever but it wasn't like taking away from his service he still was 
being really attentive and detailed and making a connection with the judges. It's not like he put little AKs as stirs or anything. No, but I've seen like, you know, Biggie Smalls like stuffed dolls on top of espresso machines. All right, we usually end every interview on this show with some music. What would be like the ultimate coffee tune to end this with? Groenlandic Edit by Of Montreal. Why? It's got rhythm, which every good barista's got rhythm. That's the Dinner Party download for this week. Thanks, as always, to John Raby and Queen Kim. We have a regular segment on their show, Off Ramp. This week, it's an extended version of my interview with Kyle the Barista. You can find it at kpcc.org. Just click on Off Ramp. We leave you, as always, with One for the Road, a song to play on your way to or departing from this weekend's Dinner Party. From their new album called Two, it's Darker My Love with a song called Two Ways Out. Brilliant. Bon appétit. First time here, and I'm and I it's a try, and I know it's a try, but I'm here, so let's stress all the things that I say.
And I think there's still listeners here. Cool. Hot tub.